This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. glad for Jesus. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful time of the year, you know. Uh, So many uh, customs, both uh, uh, in the natural, of course, especially spiritually speaking. But I want to pray today. You know, the Bible says, and I mentioned this earlier, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. There's two dear friends of of Cindy's and ours, and uh, many of you will know these people too. Uh, Pastor John Barner, his precious wife, Betty, went on to be with the Lord. And uh, many of you, of course, know they're here in this community, in this area, up in the Millbrook. We want to pray for them. And then uh, Brother Danny Johnston, who has been a dear friend of ours for many years and ministers usually at least once a year here. He's facing some health issues with his heart. So uh, can we just pray again? You know, Jesus said my house should be called a house of prayer. Somebody says, why do y'all pray so much? Well, I don't think we pray enough yet. But that's just me, you know. But he said, it's a house of prayer. So let's take just a moment and let's lift them up because, you know, yeah, maybe you're having a wonderful Christmas season in preparation, and that's good, and you should rejoice in that. But, you know, the Bible says, weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh. Father, we just lift up our, our brother uh, John Varner, Lord, and all the family. Father, we thank you that your grace is always sufficient, and thank, we thank you for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to just uh, undergird them, Father, that the grace of God would just be so magnificent and marvelous in their lives, Father, that there would just be such a strength and a peace that flows from their innermost being, from the Spirit of God. Father, remind them, Father, that Betty is not only in their past, but she's in their future. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Father, for our brother Danny, we stand with him and we declare that by the stripes laid upon Jesus, His healing has already been provided and guaranteed. And we stand against the work of the enemy in Jesus' name. You stop in your attack against His body in Jesus' name. Father, we agree with Him that health and healing is springing forth speedily in His body. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter. We're talking about Jesus, the light of the world, in our series this month. If you haven't been able to to be here and catch them all, you can go on to our website, our podcast there. They're uploaded there on a weekly basis, so you can kind of catch up. Or maybe if you want to go back and listen to one that, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks. You know, I always tell you, you know, whenever anyone's speaking, especially here since you're here and part of this church... Yet whenever I'm speaking, you know, there's always a voice within the voice. You know what I'm talking about? And that's the voice you want to catch. You may, I may speak for 30 minutes, and there may be a one minute or two minutes where the voice of the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And that is what you want to grab hold of with your faith. But here's the thing. You've got to be active and you've got to be engaged. Listen, if you want your pastor to preach and teach better, you know what you need to do? You need to be pulling. Don't sit there like a bump on a log and say, okay, give it to me. You know, we've got our first grandbaby. None of y'all knew that, right? 
<laughs> Couldn't tell by our Facebook posting and what we talk and the pictures we show. I'm sure you're like, oh boy, here they come. But you know, uh, you know, first time I got to feed him, you know, he, it reminded me when my kids were little, you know, it's been a while, you know. He, he just kind of sits there in the chair, you know, and he's like, okay, bring it on, Grandpa. You know, and sometimes you, you know, you put it in and what you put in came back out. Remember that? But boy, I'm telling you what, now that he's gotten older, it's like, man, he's like, he's feeding himself a little bit now. But you know, when you come, that's what you need to do is you, use your faith and drop. Expect God to speak to you. Doesn't matter what you think about me. It's not about personalities. You may like me, may not like me. That has nothing to do with it. You need to hear from God. And so you're here today, I'm here today, so just use your faith and say, God, I'm expecting you to speak to me. It doesn't mean that everything that I say is going to speak to you. Dad Hagen used to say this. He said, you know, be as smart as an old cow. You know, an old cow, you know, when they eat the, eat the hay, sometimes there's some sticks mixed in with the hay, you know. I'd like to say that everything I'm giving, going to give you today is straight from God. I'm endeavoring to. I've prepared. I've prayed. I've studied. I'm hoping it will. But, you know, there might be some sticks in there. We'll just spit out the sticks and keep the hay. <laughs> Amen? Sure. Sure. I'm not perfect yet as your pastor. Surely that's no surprise to you. <laughs> Children of light. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. He said, but you are a chosen people. Say that. Say, I'm a chosen people. We're a chosen people. Isn't it good to be chosen? You didn't get saved by accident. There's no, you can't see anywhere in the Scriptures where it talks about the accident of salvation. There's a plan. Plan of salvation. God had a plan for you. He had a plan for me. He used people to pray for you. He used people to witness to you. He used people to speak into your life. You are chosen. A royal priesthood. You're royalty. Don't let that devil beat you down, tell you you're no good, you're not going to make it. You're a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Wow. This chosenness of God, this calling of God for you, this aspect of God's calling is to call you out of darkness into His wonderful light. I'm so glad that I've been called out of darkness into His wonderful light. The Scriptures tell us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4 that all this world, that it's under the influence of darkness, the God of this world. That word darkness has to do with obscurity. It's kind of like maybe you could see something, but you can't really make out what it is. And you know, the world is doing that. They're walking out here, and, and they have a reality that they, they call truth. They think it's reality. They're, the way they see the world, the world system, the way it operates. And they've got their, their viewpoint of that. But you know what? It's, it's, it's shadowed. There's obscurity there. There's an opaqueness about the way they perceive reality. And only the light of God coming into us through the new birth, and we talked about this last week, that causes the light to turn on. And all of a sudden, we see 
and have a perspective that only heaven can give, only the light of God can give. The way we see reality, eternity, everything changes for us, doesn't it? I told you about, you know, when I got saved, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church. When I got saved, it was like everything changed. I, had, I didn't have the words to describe it like maybe I do now. All I knew was everything was different. Even the natural world looked different to me. There was a joy that came into my heart. There was a peace that came into my heart. There was something that was different. And all of a sudden, it was like, uh, I remember a song it's. Uh, years ago when I got saved, uh, there was a song that said it was like waking up, uh, you know, from a dream. I, it was like I was living in one realm and I had one perspective of things, but all of a sudden the light of God came into me and I had something different. I saw everything different. And it was like my old life, I thought, how could I ever have lived that way? How could I have ever thought that way? Because of the darkness. Amen. So we've been rescued. Look in Colossians 2. Let me read one more scripture. We've been rescued. Colossians tells us we've been rescued from darkness, from the dominion of darkness. Boy, I sure am glad, aren't you? Colossians 1. And so we're citizens now of the kingdom of light. That's where we should be living. But we're going to look at it today, and it's unfortunate that they're still believers, even though they've been rescued, they've been chosen, they're citizens of the kingdom of light, that they are still living to some degree in darkness and obscurity. And because of that, they're living way below their rights as citizens of the kingdom. They're not enjoying peace. They're not enjoying joy. They're not walking in the love of God. They're not walking in the righteousness of God. They're not walking in all that God has for them. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. He said, giving joyful thanks to the Father. That's what you should be doing. Who has qualified you. Who's qualified you? Who? Who's qualified you? Because you read 50 chapters in the Bible this week. You prayed 90 hours. It'd be wonderful if you did that. But that's not what qualifies us. What qualifies us is not what we have done. It is the Father who's qualified us. He's qualified us to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. I'm in the kingdom of light. If you're a believer, you're in the kingdom of light. If you're a child of God, you're in the kingdom of light. Say this, I'm in the kingdom of light. I have the light of life living in me, shining in me, dwelling in me. I'm a chosen generation. Hallelujah. Don't you like how, you, how something starts bubbling up when you start talking like that? You know why? Because you're talking truth. You're speaking truth. You're speaking light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. The Father has qualified us. Praise God. I'm so glad I'm qualified. You know, if you, if you follow the Olympics, if you've ever followed the Olympics, you know that to get to that place 
where they are racing on that level of the Olympics, they had to meet some qualifications. You know, I couldn't just decide at 66, you know what, I think I'm just going to sign up to run the marathon for the, for the United States in the Olympics. They'd do just what you're doing right now. They'd laugh their head off. You can't do that. You've got to qualify. You've got to meet certain standards. Isn't that right? You've got to win some races. Now, notice what he says here, that God, the Father, has become our qualification, and He, by His power, has taken us from the dominion, the rule of darkness, and has translated us, brought us in to the kingdom of light. So I'm qualified to live as a child of light. I live in the light. I live in the light of His love. I live in the light of His grace. I live in the light of His power. I live in the light of His provision. We could go on and on. That's where I'm to live. But it's, it's, it's sad to say so many believers live below their qualification. Amen? Hallelujah. Started receiving Social Security. Not that I'm that old, but I qualified. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I, I figure since I qualified, and since it's my money, I'm going to go ahead and receive it. You retired too, I heard. I, I just refired. You're going to refire. You retired from one and going to refire for something else. But you know, because I'm qualified, I'm going to receive it. You know? And I want to tell you what. There's not a senator. There, I mean, the president. Not, nobody can say, you can't have it. You know why? Because I'm qualified. See, don't let somebody else tell you. Don't let the devil tell you. Don't let your circumstance tell you that you can't have all that God's provided for you as a citizen of life. Because they don't have that authority. The highest authority, the Father God, has qualified you. If you're a believer, a child of God has qualified you. And you know what? You just stand right up just like I did when I signed up for Social Security. You are signed up. You are qualified by the blood of Jesus by His redemptive power, and you have all the benefits. Now, let me read you something here. If there's an area of darkness in our life as a child of God, you know what that means? That means that either the devil or the flesh is usurping dominion in my life. The devil is a usurper. That means someone who makes a claim that is unlawful. Now, if you studied history, you know, uh, when I was in college, we st I studied English history. Don't ask me why, but I did. And man, I'm telling you, I'm glad I've forgotten most of it because it was so bewildering trying to keep up with all the kings and, you know, and who usurped this one and who killed that one and who chopped off somebody's head. There were always people claiming, you know, uh, that they had a right to the throne. And the enemy loves to come and tell you and begin to whisper to you and begin to tell you your circumstance want to talk to you and tell you that we're in charge, that you really are not saved, that you really don't have 
peace, that God's not really going to heal your body. He's not going to deliver your family or your children. That usurper wants to come in and tell you, no, you just keep right over here in this area of darkness. I don't want darkness. I don't want this world of the devil casting a shadow on anything that belongs to me. Amen. Amen. Not on my finances, not on my peace, not on my family, not on anything that I possess. And I don't have to because God's qualified me. It's not because I did everything perfect. It's because God's qualified me and He's translated me into His kingdom. Let me just tell you a secret. Even if you do miss it, if you do sin, it's none of the devil's business. It's none of his business. He's, you're not under his rule. The Bible says if you sin, what do we do? We have an advocate with the Father. Isn't that right? Go talk to your advocate. He happens to be the king. It's good to have the king on your side. Isn't that right? Especially when he's the king of grace, a king of love, a king of mercy, a king of power, a king of salvation, a king of healing. Woo. You can't use with the stuff you use. We're citizens of the kingdom of life. So here's the thing. You need to settle that. Settle that. And if you, if you see an area where the, where the flesh is trying to dominate you, sometimes, how many of you know your flesh is not redeemed yet? Oh, Lord. The older I get, the more I know that. But it, your flesh, it, it, you know, it wants to have its way. It wants to say, I'm in charge here. And if you don't do something about it, it will take over. Y'all looking at me like, oh. (laughs) Paul, the apostle Paul, he said, I have to keep my body under. Because if you don't, it's going to still want to do the same old stuff it did. I found out your unredeemed flesh is like a little old baby. It's going to cry and whine and kick up until you discipline it. All right, enough said about that. Let's talk about living in the light. Living in the light. Turn over to Luke 11. We want to live in the light. We're children of light. We know that because we just read it from God's Word. And let me just say this. Don't matter how you feel about it. Don't wait till you feel like you're in the kingdom. Base it on what God has said in His Word and what you believe. Faith has nothing to do with feeling. Are you listening to me? See some, you see some Christians, you know, they're up and down. I call them yo-yo Christians. Sweet people, love them. But, you know, they're up and down because their faith is based on their feelings. Feelings are unreliable, isn't that right? Man, I've told you this before. You can go to bed at night. Everything is good, wonderful. You're feeling like, you. I mean, man, you've got the victory. You're on... You know, got the devil on the run instead of him having you on the run. Everything pretty good. Next morning you can get up and your feelings can be like, I don't even want to go to work. <laughs> Nothing happened. Just That's just the way feelings are. Yeah. We, we pastored in South Florida for almost a decade. You know, and we used to say, you know, I used to say this feelings is like South Florida weather. You know, if you don't like it, just wait a little bit. It'll change. So your feelings are unreliable. It's what God says in your faith and what God said, that settles it. Luke 11, verse 34. Let's look right here. We're talking about living in the light. We're going to live in the light. That's what God wants us to do. He said, your eye is the lamp of your body. 
When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light, and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Amen. So Jesus is speaking here, and He's giving us some insight as to how to walk in the light. And He says here, He says, He says, the light is one of the ways the light enters is what? Is through your eyes. What are, what are we looking at? When I look at the wrong thing, and I'm not just talking about, you know, something that's immoral or something. Of course, that's true too. But I'm talking about when I, I begin to look at my circumstances and I allow fear to get a hold of me. When I dwell on what somebody did to me and I begin to take offense. So every time I see them, that's how I see them. You're looking through darkness. You're looking through the darkness of fear or offense or of jealousy or envy or lust. It could be any number of things. That's, that's what he's talking about. That's, that, that's darkness. And that's how we allow darkness to come in. We start looking at our situations. We start dwelling on it. Who's hurt me and, and how life's been unfair to me? Well, join the rest of us. Anybody in here had everything go your way? No hands. Just for you, those of you facing this way, no hands. But Jesus said, here, we've got to be careful. Because see, that's how the enemy, that's how darkness wants to get in to a corner of your life. And, and see, if the enemy can get a, a foothold or a toehold in one corner of your life, he's not content there, is he? How I many you know? He wants to work it, work it, work it, work it. And see, Paul wrote in one place, he said, if we allow things like that, to, offenses and things to come in, that little bit of darkness, he said, eventually, he says, it will have the ability to what? To affect our whole walk with God. Jesus said a little leaven can leaven the whole thing, didn't he? Paul said a root of bitterness can get into us. And if you've ever seen a bitter person, a bitter Christian, it's a sad thing, isn't it? Because here they are translated out of darkness into the kingdom of light. All that God has is theirs. All that Jesus has is theirs. And they are content to go through life, you know, uh, with lemons. All they can see is what, how life has hurt them or how this person has hurt them. But Jesus said that we... If we will have a healthy eye. What's a healthy eye? That is, when circumstances come against me, here's what I do. Yeah, that happened. Hey, I mean, you know, it happened. <laughs> you know. The Bible didn't say, call those things that are as if they weren't. That's not what it said. <laughs> it's talking about calling the, the things that God's promised, those things. It may not call them as though they were. But we're not in denial. I'm telling you, if you've ever had pain, it's real. <laughs> if you've ever had a financial setback, it's real. If you've ever dealt with uh, betrayal in a relationship, it's real. The hurt is genuine. But here's the thing. Uh, to keep our eye healthy, 
While we don't deny that, you know what we do? We go right here to the RX, the prescription. You know, if you have symptoms in your body or something happens in your body, and, uh, you know, you go see the doctor. Now, we believe in divine healing here, but we also believe in doctors and medical science and what they can do for you. Amen? Amen. You know, I don't put my ultimate trust in them, but thank God for what they can do. Isn't that right? But, you know, if if I go to the doctor and he, he... prescribe something he said take this you know it'll make you better I don't just go home set the medicine over there on the nightstand and just whine and feel sorry for myself and complain all the time and uh, I wish man I wish I felt better I wish this pain was better you dummy take the medicine isn't that right well you know when life happens to us and life happens doesn't it Even though we're children of light, we're living in a world that's still governed by the God of this world. Things happen. He said, you can still have a healthy eye. You don't have to let your vision and your eye be dark. Let it be healthy. And he said, if if you'll let your eye be healthy, he said, the light will begin to shine in all of your whole being, just like a lamp. You know, if you look at these light bulbs, you know, there's light coming from every... Isn't it? There's not half of the light coming out and the other half's dark. He said that's the way he wants our life to be. We live our life where the light of God shines out completely. And where there's light completely like that, there's no shadow. You ever heard the term a shadow of a doubt? That was an apt description, wasn't it? The shadow of a fear. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) There needs to be more light there. The Bible says that God is perfect. He is light. He is perfect light. And so because of that, there's no shadow from God. It's all light. And he said, if you keep your eye healthy, he said, you can walk as children of light. And, you know, light always dispels darkness, doesn't it? You know what? As long as the switch is turned on, the darkness will never be able to come in here and and overtake and put out these lights. Darkness, really, if you think about it, darkness is the absence of light, isn't it? So if there's darkness that's in an area of my life, whether it's through a circumstance or whether it's through an attitude that I've allowed to to get into my heart, you know, you need to recognize, you know what, I need to shed the light on that. Hello. So let me ask you, how's your vision? Is it full of light? Is it blurred? You see me with these readers on, don't you? I used to, there was a time when I didn't need these, you know, but now I need them. You know, my my eyes, because of age, my eyes don't function the same way they did before. I don't have any eye disease or anything like that. You know, people say, well, well, if you're a man of faith, you you oughtn't to wear glasses. Well, I... I read over in the Old Testament, there was a prophet over there had a double portion of anointing. He was bald-headed. I must be getting close to the double portion. <laughs> you see, we can get so silly about that. That's not what it's for. Amen. But I don't have any eye disease, you know. You just reach a certain age, you know. My eyes don't focus the light the way they did. So I got these readers on. They help me to focus <laughs> a little bit. 
But here's the thing. God wants us to be full of light. So, you know, our spiritual vision doesn't have to be obscured. It doesn't have to be blurred. You don't have to have double vision. You can have a vision that's full of light. It's full of truth. It's full of what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you about who you are in Christ, about the light, that the kingdom of light that you're in now. That's what God wants us to live. The Bible says we can be dressed in the armor of light. Look real quickly over to Romans. Our light, the light of God, you know, the Bible says the entrance of His Word gives So if there's some obscurity somewhere, if there's something happening and you don't understand what's going on in your life, you just need some more light. That's all. Isn't that right? Yeah. You ever lost? Cindy's always losing. What do you call the back of the earring there? The post. Man, every year those things get smaller. <laughs> yeah, you're try, we're trying to find that on the, the tile in the bathroom, you know, and it's, the tiles have got a pattern, you know. So you're <laughs> But, you know, you know, I, you know, when I'm looking, trying to help her to find one of them, man, I got every light on in the bathroom. I mean, I got the light on in the shower, the light over the tub, the light. I mean, every light I can get on, I got on. Because I didn't want to, you know, and I found the more light I have like that, what? The easier it is to find it. And maybe you're facing something and you don't have the answer just yet. And you can't figure out what's going on. You know what? You, you don't need an angel to come down and stir the waters. You just need more light. Between God's Word... And the Holy Spirit who's living in you, He will give you all the light you need to see. Up there it is, right there. That's what needs to be dealt with. That's what needs to be fixed. Right there. You make that adjustment, wow. Then you start living in the light. All of a sudden, your circumstances start turning around. Romans 12. I'm sorry, Romans 13. I said verse 12, 13. Listen. He says, the night is nearly over. <laughs> well, if it was nearly over 2,000 years ago, y'all looking at me like a cow at a new gate. The night is nearly over. That means the reign of darkness in this present world is nearly over. The day is almost here. What? The day of the Lord. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness. Now, you know he's writing to spirit-filled believers here. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The deeds of darkness. The deeds of darkness. You know, the deeds of darkness, they don't always have to be something, you know, something sexually impure, immoral. You know, the deeds of darkness can be this. You know what? I just won't have no fellowship with you. I'm just not going to forgive you. I'm going to hold that grudge against you. I'm going to hold on to that fear. I'm not going to give God what belongs to Him. I might not have enough. <laughs> Amazes me how Christians can believe that, that, that when they die, the Savior at that point, and you know, when you die at that point, you have really lost control. Because when you die, you ain't in charge no more. It amazes me that Christians can believe at that point that a God they have never physically seen with their eyes 
They believe they can trust him that he's going to take them in a way they do not know how to a place they've never seen called heaven, but they can't trust him with $10. I just, I just, I, 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 that's a non sequitur for me. I can't process that. He said, let us lay aside those deeds and put on the armor of light. The armor of light. Now, what is that armor of light? First Thessalonians, real quickly. Chapter 5. And we're going to read with verse 5. Well, we'll back up to 4. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. He's talking about the, the day of the Lord, just like we, were, we referred to in Romans. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. You ever notice that? (laughs) But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on, what? Faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Now let me read you this from the New Living Translation. He said, verse uh, verse 8, he said, But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. So faith, hope, and love, are, 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 he talks about this as what? As armor of light. And isn't, aren't those three the things that we really use as our primary weapons in this battle, in this world against darkness? One of those three you're going to use. Faith and trusting and believing God when your circumstances are contrary. Hope that your present situation, however dark it looks, that God has a way of escape for you. And love, which has to do with our relationship with our brothers and sisters. It's really in those areas where the enemy tries to come in. That's where he tries to create darkness in our life. He wants to fracture our relationship and our fellowship in two main areas, with the Father and with one another. As I close here, let's look over in 1 John chapter 1. God wants us to produce the fruits of the kingdom of light, which is in, he says in Ephesians, he says it has to do with all goodness and righteousness. Amen? In other words, let's just get right down to it. Living right. Living in a right relationship to God and living in a right relationship with our brothers and sisters. That's where the enemy tries to attack us. He either accuses God to us or he accuses each other. And listen, if you're out of fellowship with the Father or with another brother or sister, I'm telling you, your faith won't work. Your prayer life won't work. You can give everything that you have in the offering, and it won't do you any good. First, I don't have time, but 1 Corinthians 13, read it over there. Paul said, doesn't matter what you do. If you're not, if you're not in right relationship, how do we do it? He said, love. Love. Notice what the Apostle John says here. 1 John. Chapter 1, verse 3. 
Uh-oh. Let me get over there. That's Peter. That won't work. First John. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message you have heard from Him and, we, and declare to you, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness... We're a liar. Woo. Now remember, he's writing to spirit-filled Christians here. He's not writing to sinners. You know, them people out there. You know, we got to get over this us and them mentality. Amen. God's called us to be light to those who are in the darkness. Amen. We're to be a witness. You know, we've got up here and we're going we're gonna to pray before the end of the uh, as we close the service up here in this little uh, receptacle, is all our fam- uh, a lot of our family members and co-workers and neighbors and everything that we're praying for. You know, and in the Scriptures, you know, uh, especially in, in the book of Acts, you know how the gospel spread so quickly is it spread by households. The Greek word there, oikos, O-I-K-O-S, means extended family and your network of friends. Remember, he told the jailer, he said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and your family, your oikos, your family shall be saved. Remember when Cornelius, he sent for Peter and Peter came and he said, I've got, he said, We've sent for you and now we're all here. He's saying, My oikos, my family, my, those that, are, that I'm in relationship to. That's who God's called you to reach. And one of the starting place is, is we recognize that and we begin to pray for them. And then you let your light shine. He says here, If we claim to have fellowship in Him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Notice, and, that's a conjunction, so these two thoughts are related to one another, right? And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. So, if I understand this right, and you all correct me if I got my theology wrong here, if we don't walk in the light as He is in the light, then we don't have fellowship with one another, and the blood of His Jesus is not purifying us. Mm, that's right. So you see, some Christians, well, I'm going to tell you what, I don't care. Me and Jesus, I don't care. those people, I don't like them at all. You know, that's why they're in this church this year. Next year, they're in the next, another church. Or they come and sit here, but, the, you know, they're bloated up like an old toad frog, you know. <laughs> Won't forget that image, will you? But I'm serious. Listen, this is serious stuff. See, we think, oh, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not running around with other women or men, or I'm not I'm getting drunk, but I'm going to tell you what, you're, you're sitting in church, and you're, you're harboring a grudge. You won't forgive. He said, you don't have fellowship. Listen, you know, I've said this before humorously. You, you can't come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Boy, I really like you. You're, you're all right. Man, I like you, but I'm telling you what, I can't stand your wife. <laughs> you think that's going to fly with me? It ain't going to fly. It ain't. 
And that's what he's saying. He's saying, you, you want to say, oh, I've got, oh, yeah, me and God, we're, we're just like that. But yet we gossip about somebody else. We're judgmental and critical about them. That's God's child. Don't you know he's thinking, what in the world? Well, he's not thinking that because he knows what's wrong. <laughs> but, you know, this is serious stuff, folks. This ain't just churchy stuff. This is eternal stuff. He says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we're, listen, if we're not walking in fellowship with our brothers and sisters, if we're not doing that, listen, he said, we're lying to ourselves. The only person we deceive is ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, hello. Now, what, what sin is he just talking about in context here? Fellowship. See, we look at this, and it's true. You can apply it to any sin. But the, in the context here he's talking about, he's talking about fellowship with the Father and one another, isn't he? Isn't that the context? So he said that if, we're without, if we say we're without sin in that area, and we're walking in darkness, we're walking in forgiveness, he said, you lie and do not the truth. <laughs> if we confess our sins, we need to confess that and get it right. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we've not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His Word is not in us. So there's twofold areas of fellowship that the, the enemy tries to break. Fellowship with God, fellowship with our brothers and sisters. How does He get us to break fellowship with the Father? By disobedience. Hello? By disobedience. Well, I know the Lord said, you know, I'm supposed to forgive them, but man, he just, you don't understand what they've done to me. I know the Lord says I'm supposed to be full of joy, but you know, man, you've never seen problems like I got. Man, oh man, oh man, nobody's ever had them like me. See, we, we, we want to be double-visioned about this thing. James called it double-minded, because if you're double-visioned, you're going to be double-minded. And see, the big thing about double-minded it is, is we think, you know, we can love the Father, but it don't matter my attitude toward my brothers or sisters. Me and God, you know, we're like this, but God help them. Come on. And then fellowship with our family, how? By not walking in love. Listen to this from 1 John 2.10 from the message. It's the person who loves brother and sister who dwells in God's light and doesn't block the light from others. Wow. It's the one, it's the, it's the person who loves brother and sister who dwells in God's light and doesn't block the light from others. Amen. Listen, listen to this from John's Gospel, chapter 3. From the message, everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to de denial and illusion, hates the God light and won't come near it, fearing painful exposure. You know, sometimes, you know, we have to come into the light, and the first thing the light does is reveal something. Amen. You know, I, I can, you know, I can go through our house, and you know, and, and I'm thinking it, it's clean I've got the cobwebs and you know here and there down in the dust but man we, we built our house so that the light in the morning 
when that sun comes up, it shines right into the kitchen, and, you know, it's an open uh, plan, and so it's into the kitchen. And, man, when that light catches it just right, <laughs> my cleaning worked so good. Because all of a sudden, I can, I mean, nothing reveals it like that. So, I mean, I can have every light on in the house when I'm trying to clean, but, man, when that sunlight comes in, it hits just right in the morning, and, man, there it is. And see, that's the first thing that happens. And he says, here's the thing. You know, if, if, if we don't come to the light, things can't be exposed. I'm not talking about to the world and to everybody else. But I'm telling you, we've got to have those times when we come to the Father's presence and we just say, okay, here I am. Got the cobwebs. <laughs> Clean some cobwebs out. There's something going on. might be a cobweb, a broken fellowship. You know? Man, I'm telling you, you know, if you pray in the Spirit, you know, I pray in the Spirit. I believe in that. Amen. And, you know, a lot of times I'm praying in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will remind me of something I've forgotten conveniently. Of course, not you. And, you know, right then, you know what I do? I deal with it. I say, God, you know what? I, I, I had, honestly, I had forgotten about it, but, you know, you're right. That's exactly right. Sometimes, you know, I can just make it right there. Sometimes if it's about a relationship, I may have to call somebody up and ask for forgiveness. But I want to walk in the light, don't you? I want to be a child of light. I want to be able, when darkness comes against me, to know that I've got on the armor of light, that I'm walking in fellowship with the Father, and I'm walking in fellowship with my brothers and sisters. And so when we're doing that, we have on the armor of light, we can say like Jesus, the enemy comes but he has no open avenue into me. So that's the, I can, see some Christians, they resist the devil, but he doesn't leave because he's at home. <laughs> but see, if you're in the armor of light, your fellowship was right with the Father and with, his, with, his, with your brothers and sisters, then you know what? We can say this without any it's not about pride. It's the truth. We can say, you know what? I can resist the devil. You know, he's out there. I'm resisting him. He has to flee from me. Let me give you a couple of action points here. and We're going to pray and let you go. The first one I'd ask you is the obvious one, but I still like to ask you, to which kingdom do you belong? If you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ from your heart, believed on him as Lord and Savior, and turned from your old way of living... And, you know, repent just means to change your mind and change your direction. It doesn't mean that you get everything just right in your life, then you get saved. That's impossible. <laughs> it just means you change your mind. This is wrong. I turn from that. This way of living is wrong. This is darkness. I'm turning to the light. And the light we've seen is what? Is in Christ Jesus, isn't it? The Bible says He's the light of the world. That He gave Himself at Calvary for a ransom for everyone. So if you have never asked Him to forgive you of your sins, turned away from your old life, and turned toward Him as Savior, then you're still in the darkness. God still loves you, but you're not in a good place. You're still in the darkness. Come on into the light. The Bible says if we'll believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess Him you know, as Lord with our mouth, you'll be saved. By grace, you're saved through faith. That's how we come in. Jesus said, I am, speaking of himself, I am the door. That's how we come into the light. Secondly, if, you, if you've done that already, 
Are you walking in the light of the kingdom of light? Or is there some area where darkness has got a foothold? Maybe it's in a relationship. Do you know? Maybe, maybe it's, it's an area. You know, Hebrews over there, the writer in Hebrews, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. But in chapter 12, he says, says let us cast off the sins and the weights that so easily beset us. And let us run our race look, with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish. There, sometimes there are sins that can, get, can attach themselves. There, there are weights that can attach themselves in an area. That's darkness. And you know what? We need to cast that off. And thank God we can do that. So if you would, would you take just a moment, bow your heads. We're going to pray, and we're going to give you an opportunity. If you've, if you've never received Jesus, and you know if you have or not, if you, you say, well, I'm not sure if I have or not, then you probably have it. <laughs> that it's not difficult. But listen, God doesn't play games. He wants from a sincere heart. You don't have to understand all the theology and all how God does it and all that. Listen. I've been saved for 43 years and in the ministry for 38 years. And I still can't tell you the depth of John 3.16. Amen. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him should not perish. I don't know how God changes a sinful heart to a brand new one and gives us His light and His love. I just know He does it. I'm like the blind man that Jesus... You know, kind of like his testament was healed. He, he just said, all I know is this. Once I was blind, now I can see. So just invite. When I pray this prayer in a moment, you invite Jesus to come into your heart, to forgive you of your sins. You don't have to understand it. And to those who are children of light, while I'm praying this prayer, I would encourage you, you know, if there's an area where the Holy Spirit maybe has been speaking to you in this service, or as I pray, the Holy Spirit brings something to mind. Maybe, maybe it's in a relationship with a brother or sister. You need to get that right. You need to forgive somebody. Or maybe you need to, to talk to somebody privately and get things right with them. Or, or maybe there's an area in your life where, uh, you know, the flesh has gotten a grip or, or, or a weight of some kind or sin has got. You know, you put that off right now. And let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Father, right now, Father, I pray. For everyone in this room, those who do not know you, that, Father, that right now, as the Holy Spirit draws them, that they will yield themselves to you and invite you into their life to believe on Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to receive the gift of eternal life and be brought into the kingdom of light. For those, Father, who are children of light, maybe there's an area they need to get right right now. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to them, and Father, that they are responding to you. They're yielding to you now as children of light, of children uh, that love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Uh, before, just before Pastor Walt comes and dismisses you, hallelujah, I want you to agree with me in prayer over these here. These are, these are family members, your extended family, uh, people that you work with, your neighbors, your oikos. We want to pray over these. You know, this is the starting place. And as you go out this week, you're committed to the light. 
You be the light for your for your your family, for your neighbors, for your coworkers. Be the light. You don't have to stand up on your desk and preach them a sermon. You don't have to be like John the Baptist. But you can walk in love. And you can be ready to give an answer if they ask of you something. You can you can show them the light of Jesus in your attitudes and in your actions. Amen? You know, you don't have to join in around the water cooler gossiping with everybody about the boss. Complaining about your job. You know, that right there will set you apart in most places. <laughs> Amen. So just, if you would, just stretch your hand up here. Father, again, we're, we're praying for our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, people that Jesus died for. God, we pray right now for their hearts to be open and yielded to the light of the gospel, to the love of Jesus. Father, maybe, maybe they've heard the gospel. Maybe, maybe they were raised in church or in a family that, uh, Father, that took them to church. Father, I pray that that word, that seed is eternal. It will not return void. God, stir up the seed of that word in their heart. Draw them again. Father, use us, those of us who are in their circle. Use us to show the light of Jesus to them, O oh God. Send other labors by their path. Father, we believe and thank you for their salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. All God's people said. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.